Hello and welcome to the Dr. Jones Podcast. This is episode 76. In today's episode, I'm discussing what you need to know about COVID-19, an update on the current pandemic, whether or not you need to be concerned about your dogs and cats, and lastly, how to keep your pets healthy and prevent disease with natural treatments. My podcast is on all your favorite podcast apps, including iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. I'd love it if you would subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Lastly, I encourage you to get a copy of my free book. It's at veterinarysecrets.com forward slash news. So the current COVID-19 coronavirus outbreak. To date, more than 450,000 people worldwide have been infected by the virus, and more than 20,000 have died, according to John Hopkins University. Overall, more than 100,000 have recovered. It is estimated that potentially 10 times more than that are infected than reported due to a lack of testing and testing criteria. Now, currently we have the death toll in Spain from the new coronavirus shooting up by more than 700 on Wednesday, surpassing China and is now second only to Italy as the pandemic spread rapidly across Europe, with even Britain's Prince Charles testing positive for the virus. Spain recorded a daily increase of 738 deaths, pushing it to 3,500 overall and past China's 3,200. Spain's health system is being overwhelmed, with hotels being converted into hospitals and an ice rink in Madrid being used as a temporary morgue. Charles, the 71-year-old heir to the British throne, is showing mild symptoms of COVID-19 and is self-isolating at a royal estate in Scotland. Italy has been the hardest-hit nation in Europe, with more than 70,000 infections and 6,800 deaths. Italian doctors are being forced to choose between who will receive desperately needed ventilators and who won't. In the United States, infections are rapidly climbing and they've now passed the 60,000 mark with deaths at more than 800. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said his state's infections are doubling every three days, threatening to swamp the city's intensive care units much quicker than experts expected. The state has 26,000 infections and more than 200 deaths. There are signs, however, that drastic measures to keep people away from one another can push back the spread of the illness and flatten the infection curve. In China's Hubei province, where the outbreak was first spotted late last year, they've started to lift its lockdown. Some train stations and bus services were reopened in Hubei, and people who passed a health check were allowed to travel for the first time since January. A similar easing in the hard-hit epicenter of Wuhan is planned for April 8th. For most people, the new coronavirus causes mild or moderate symptoms, such as fever and cough, that clear up in two to three weeks. For some, especially older adults and people with existing health problems, it can cause more severe illness, including pneumonia and death. It is the latter cases, often requiring ventilators and specialized care, that threaten to overwhelm hospitals. Several countries are already running short of critical equipment needed to treat patients and keep doctors and nurses safe. So I'm first, I'm hoping you guys listening to today's podcast, you're doing okay yourself. I'm hoping you are self-isolating. Um, if you're in a lockdown, you're fully abiding by that. And I'm hoping you're not sick. If you are sick, care for yourself as best you can. And if you've got a secondary underlying you know, health uh, disorder as well, you know, just know and just be aware of the options in your area where the closest hospital is and how that you, how that you can access care, especially in a timely manner if needed. 
Now this second part goes specifically to our pets and this big question that I've been asked so many times, you know, to the best of current scientific knowledge, can you get the coronavirus called COVID-19 from your dog or cat? Or can you give it to your dog or cat? Well, this comes from Dr. John Williams, chief of the Division of Pediatric Infectious Diseases at the University of Pittsburgh. He says, no, I think the idea that we're going to give this virus to our pets or we're going to get it from them is just nonsense. And he says, this is simply not my opinion. I'm a virologist, an infectious disease doctor, and I'm saying that there is no scientific evidence for that, stressed Williams, who has studied various coronaviruses for decades. And this comes from Dr. William Schaffner, a professor of preventive medicine and infectious disease at Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. He goes, I'm going to debunk that also. We don't have to worry about pets. This virus now likes humans, but data show is showing that it is not spreading among pets or farm animals. So what about this? There were dogs in Hong Kong that tested positive. Well, panic has begun amongst certain pet owners this week when a 17-year-old Pomeranian in China tested weekly positive for the coronavirus during the quarantine and then died three days after returning home. A second dog that lived in the same house, however, consistently tested negative during the quarantine. You know, overnight, the internet exploded with concern from worried pet owners. That was a weak positive in the dog. We don't even know if it was a real positive, William said pointing out that the Pomeranian also tested negative on several occasions. The Pomeranian was never sick with the illness, and it was released from quarantine and then died, said Dr. Dana Barbell, Chief Veterinary Officer for the North American Veterinary Community, which provides continuing education for veterinary professionals. We don't know what the dog died of because they didn't do an autopsy, but the dog was extremely elderly and had multiple underlying health conditions. On Thursday, Hong Kong's Agriculture, Fisheries and Conservation Department announced that another dog in quarantine, a German Shepherd, had tested positive for COVID-19. However, a mixed-breed dog from the same home tested negative, and neither it nor the German Shepherd have shown any sign of disease, a spokesperson for the department said. In addition, there is currently no evidence that pet animals can be a source of COVID-19 for humans or that this virus can cause the disease in dogs, the, the spokesperson said. To put this into perspective, Barbara points out to a recent test of thousands of household pets for COVID-19 by a veterinary diagnostic company, IDEX. They tested thousands of dogs and cats for this virus and found no positive results in pets. So we believe that the likelihood of dogs and cats contracting this is extremely low at this time. Is there no scenario where we might contract the virus from a pet? In theory, if a patient with the virus in their nose rubbed their nose and got a bunch of virus on their hand and then petted their dog, William said. And then another family member petted that dog in the exact same place and then rubbed their nose, maybe they could transmit it. But if you're living in a home with a person who has the virus, the risk factor is that person. It's the human, it's not the pets, he added. So what should pet parents do? Embrace your pets, Williams advised. Pets play a vital psychological role for their owners, especially now when everybody's feeling so isolated and alone. Schaffner agrees. This is the time to hug your pet, but not your human loved one. So let's keep the social distancing focused on human beings, and if you need to hug something, hug your dog or your cat or your ferret or whatever. It would be good for your pet too, Varble said. The human-animal bond is extremely important for animal health, she said. With so many people working from home, this really is a great time to sit back and enjoy time with your pet. Go for a walk. Keep your distance, but go for your walk. Play ball in your backyard with your dog. Play with your cats, with their cat toys. Even fish, relax. Enjoy your time with them because it really, really is good for our health to reduce our stress. And from a personal experience, I can exactly speak to this. I'm currently in a 14-day 
day quarantine. This is now day four of my 14 day quarantine. I'm not leaving my house. I'm in my house in my immediate yard. I'm, you know, keeping my distance from everybody. But the one thing that is giving me and keeping me a little bit of sanity is that I get to spend time with my dog. I get to spend time with my cat. My dog and I spent about two hours outside. I'm throwing the ball. She's retrieving it. Actually, it's more of her stuffy. But regardless, we got to enjoy a bit of a sound, a bit of outside time. And she thinks it's great that we're at home. And the fact that I can have direct contact with her and not worry about her getting sick, I think it's kind of one of the big few things you're going to keep me sane. Likewise with my cat, he's enjoying all this extra attention. And it, you know what? It's as good for me as it is for him. So yes, if you guys are in lockdown, you're at home, you're in quarantine, you are practicing social isolation as we should all be now. Spend as much time as possible with your dogs and cats. Do not worry about them getting disease or transmitting to you. And as they, as they play such a big key role in our families and especially in our mental health. The last section of today's podcast, you know, how to keep your dog or cat healthy, naturally prevent and treat disease at home. So currently right now, obviously the focus is on infectious disease or on COVID-19 and just whole infectious disease in general. So when I wanted to make some sort of general suggestions around one, keeping your dog or cat healthy, but also some more specific advice based on being more difficult to access veterinary care right now. So the first big principle, ensuring that you're feeding your dog and cat well. They're eating a quality food. You are minimizing the amount of kibble. You're making some of your dog or cat's food at home. If you have the option to feed some raw, you're feeding some raw. You are giving that variety, but you're feeding them good, good quality nutritious. You're thinking good quality protein for our dogs, especially adding in some other veggies. If there's going to be a carb, adding something in like a sweet potato, good, healthy, solid, nutritious food, much the same way you should be feeding yourself. Secondly, try to give them as much adequate exercise as possible. Right, if it just means running around your yard, just spend out time in the yard. I mean, I've been trying to run Murray around. I've got a little cat toy. What he actually does run for is little cat treats. But regardless, I'm trying to get him to move as well. My point number three, really focus on your pet's mental health as well as yourself. You're giving them adequate attention. You're giving them positive reinforcement. Now is not the time to, you know, have your dog learn some you know, new trick or something and you're or you're trying to work on some form of training and discipline discipline them at this time. For me, I think it's more positive attention. It's good for you, it's good for your pets. So, you know, spending as much time as you can as possible and making that positive time. Point number four, supplements for immunity. So in general, certain things you can consider adding to your dog or a cat's diet to potentially help them prevent disease in the first place. Additional essential fatty acids, bead in the form of fish oil, Feed in the form of flax oil. Feed in the form of, you know, some of the other specific veterinary EFA supplements. Probiotics. These are these good bacteria, and we know the bacteria in your intestinal tract, the microbiotica, play a, they are the most important part of your pet's immune system. If you can, add in additional probiotics, specifically lactobacillus, acidophilus, and bifidobacterium. Consider colostrum. You know, of all the different sort of immune supportive supplements, colostrum has been studied extensively, can be so, so beneficial for our dogs and cats. I have colostrum as part of my supplement, the dog supplement, the cat supplement. Consider additional antioxidants, as in the form of vitamin E, vitamin C, selenium. Other key vitamins and minerals, many of those are in an array of different supplements. They're also in my supplements, Ultimate Canine and Ultimate Feline Health Formulas. 
then these are some specific things that actually I have been taking and I have discussed giving to your dogs and cats, especially if you're dealing with respiratory disease and we're sort of talking about specific infectious disease. One is elderberry. So elderberry is this widely grown outdoor North American plant. It produces these purple berries. You can get the concentrated juice. And of all the different things that have been studied, in particular for respiratory disease, elderberry is key. And actually what they found is that for people that take elderberry prior to plane travel and after, they have a 30% reduction uh, in the chance of getting um, some of the respiratory diseases. Number two, carcetin. It's currently, it was currently being studied for uh, treating people for SARS. It has been studied extensively. I've discussed it as sort of a natural treatment for allergies. It's considered a flavonoid, so it's found in some of the citrus fruits, say apple peel, for instance. And what they found with carcetin in particular, it has specific antiviral properties. Number three, honey and some of the honey extracts, uh, parts that come from the, the beehive called propolis. So honey itself, I primarily discuss the use of honey as antibacterial. We, I use it topically uh, for preventing and treating infections. I use it orally for cough. Uh, I've talk, talked about how effective it is for kennel cough. Um, there's a product called sort of bee glue, also known as propolis. And this is what the bees actually use to sort of reinforce some of their hive. You can isolate this part from the beehive. And they've actually shown propolis as also a specific antiviral, anti-infectious disease properties. It can be given orally as well as a spray. I've been actually using it both. Another one I've discussed extensively and I've been taking myself as well too is called olive leaf extract. So you think of olives grown all throughout Europe, for instance, and we've all had olives. We can actually take the leaf, you can concentrate it into an extract form, and it's got some wonderful uh, antiviral, anti-infectious disease properties. And I've been taking that as well too. There are some pretty big ones. Those can all be safely given to your dogs and cats. And I think there's ones that I think you should be consider, you know, if your dog or cats get some type of infectious disease and you're like, what can I treat my dog or cat with? Well, there is a bunch of options for you and they're all fairly readily available. And most of you should easily be able to get them. If you can't go to a local store, you can get on Amazon and you can order them all. Point number five, the last big thing is learning, you learning some basic at-home remedies and how to properly care for your dog and cat at home. So how can you do that? First of all, go through some of my past podcasts. That's what we discuss on this podcast. I encourage you to sign up for my YouTube channel. I've got over 400 videos, most of those showing you specific remedies and how to treat your dog or cat at home. My YouTube channel is at youtube.com forward slash internet pet vet. Get a copy of my free book if you've yet to do so. You can do that by going to my newsletter and it's at veterinarysecrets.com forward slash news. And lastly, I'm holding a brand new webinar and it's all about COVID-19 and our pets. You know, what you need to know, is there a risk for your dog or cat, um, infectious diseases in our dogs and cats, and what I think are the most important natural remedies you need to be aware of. So this webinar is happening on Tuesday, March 31st. It's happening at 5 p.m. Pacific. To sign up to the webinar, you can go to www.theonlinevet.com forward slash webinar. So thanks, you guys. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Dr. Jones podcast. I love your feedback. Love to hear your reviews. Um, If you have any questions or comments, you can feel free to post a comment on my blog. I post all the podcasts on the blog. Lastly, too, you can also send me an email. It's at podcast at veterinarysecrets.com. Once again, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you again next week. This is Dr. Jones.